guest is Callie Fleury. She's a fourth grade teacher in Carlsbad Unified School District. She has been teaching in Poinsettia Elementary School since January 2014. At the beginning of 2015 and 2016 school year, she became Poinsettia's technology coach. In this position, she aids her colleagues in applying technology in their classroom. She believes the use of technology will contribute to student success. Kelly graduated summa cum laude from Grand Canyon University in May of 2013 with a degree in elementary education. She holds a multiple subject credential in the state of California. She is currently working towards her master's degree in educational technology. In 2017, she was recognized as Poinsettia's Elementary Teacher of the Year. Hello, Callie, and welcome, and, and thank you for wishing to be part of this podcast. Um, let's, let's start with something we try to ask all of our invited teachers. How did you become a teacher, and what was your K-12 years like? I um, became a teacher, or started becoming a teacher when I was in second grade. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I just, I had... And amazing teachers who made me feel like I could do anything and I thought oh my gosh I want to do that one day I want to be that person for students and so from a very young age I uh, worked towards earning child development credits so that I could teach preschool and then from while I was teaching preschool I went to college to become an elementary school teacher so I just it's always been something I've wanted to do. And so you were talking about your passion just now and we were reading your bio and your passion has struck us and how you talk about your students and uh, how did you become an advocate for your students voices to be heard and do you feel that students voices are not being heard? So you know students they're going to do the best for you if they feel like they're being heard. If they feel like you care about what they're saying and what they want to learn, they what they produce for you will be beyond what you could expect. So from the beginning of my teaching career, I've always tried to find a way to listen to them and to figure out what it was that they wanted to learn, what they wanted to do, and try to fit that into my curriculum. So um, I make, make a point to talk to every single one of my students. Um, and I allow them avenues to speak with me because, you know, they're shy students as well who might not always speak out in front of the class. Um, and technology has helped with that because some of them feel more comfortable writing you an email or, you know, talking to you in a discussion online as opposed to speaking out in front of the whole class. Um, and as far as voices not being heard, I think that there are some teaching styles where the teachers just up front and talking all the time and not allowing the students to talk with each other and to learn from one another. So in those situations, yes, those student voices aren't being heard as much or as often as they should be. Can you give us an example of maybe like one of your projects that you saw your students really shine in being able to have that voice that you're talking about? Yes. Um, so something that we do, sorry, my lights go off, um, something that we do a lot uh, we teach each other. So if a student finishes their math early, let's say, because they really understand it, they have the opportunity to go onto a website called Seesaw, um, and they can record their understanding of the math. So they can give examples, and they're basically teaching 
the other students. And those students can go back and watch those videos and learn from their peers. Mm -hmm. So the I view Seesaw with my students, and I have them um, try to in, incorporate those into their teaching as well. And um, so it's a good way to for students to create their digital portfolio. Do you have them share that with their parents and or maybe their uh, at home their guardians as well? Yes. Yeah, so Seesaw is connect. The parents are connected to Seesaw, so they'll see when they when their child is becoming the teacher, let's say. Um, and then they also see everything that we do share in Seesaw. So we share our writing, and they'll read their writing, and then do a little reflection afterwards. Um, and at the end of the year, they talk about how they felt they grew from the very first writing they did to the very last. Now, what, what grade, what grade level oh, are we I, talking about? Fourth grade. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm thinking as a high school teacher, um, you know, how can sure. we, you know, would, would this be something that's that, that high school teachers could also do? Personally, I think yes. Um, you know, students can share their work through, if it wasn't Seesaw, maybe they could use Google Sites and they can kind of create a por portfolio that they share maybe with their college when they decide to attend college. Um, fourth graders can do that as well, but I think that would be more beneficial for the upper grades. For us, we use it mostly to share with our, our parents and then each other because the students can see what the other students are posting. And then, and they, oh, sorry, oh no, 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 I, I, I'm sorry. Um, what do you, what are you finding parents or parental responses to be? They're very positive. Good. They love seeing what's going on in the classroom through that platform. They can comment and like their child's um, content. And beyond the parents, the students can also comment. We've you know we had a discussion yeah. about what appropriate comments are, and they they leave feedback for each other. So they kind of take these. Um, projects that they share more seriously because their peers are commenting and viewing what they post. That's a really good way, like a good life skill to teach them also yeah. is to be good digital citizens and to be kind online because there are so many keyboard warriors out there, right, who, which is part of the fun of the internet, but also not, but just who write reviews of people and restaurants and whatever and say whatever they want because they're hiding behind their keyboard, but uh, I like that you incorporate how to give appropriate feedback to their peers. Yes, um, I'm very lucky to work in a district that, you know, they really embrace technology, and with that embrace, you know, embracing the technology, they hold the digital citizenship to a very high standard. So we do have lessons that we're required to teach. Um, but beyond that, because I do use a lot of technology, we, in my classroom, we're talking about it every day. It's an everyday discussion. And it does, it goes into our school rules of mm -hmm. being kind and responsible and safe. So Yeah, and that's good because that's one of the skills, like you can't just isolate it and teach it and then forget about it. You have to practice it and use those teachable moments and, and you know, use real life examples for these skills to be, again, reiterated. Exactly. Yeah. So you sound like, and you've mentioned, that you use a lot of technology in your class and your school is very uh, technology supportive. So where did that passion come from? And um, can you tell us some of the other tech things that you're doing with your students? Absolutely. Um, 
you know, personally, I've just always enjoyed using technology, and it's always been something I've been pretty good at. I can problem solve with it. Um, and I guess that was apparent to my principal at the time, because when they first started positions of tech coaches, my principal approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to do that. So I'm actually my site's tech coach. I help the other teachers use technology in their classroom. Um, and through that, you know, my passion has just grown. I I attend tech conferences and I'm, I'm learning more and more every day, really. And I learn from my students also, who are also very tech savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, the passion for technology in the classroom has just skyrocketed since <laughs> I've started this tech coach journey. Um, as far as tech projects, you know, we do so much. Something that I really enjoy doing with my class, we do weekly updates where they make a digital uh, Google slide presentation for their parents every week based on what we did in all of the subjects or um, specials that they have. And the special would be something like PE or music. Um, and we share that out every week on our classroom website. We, uh, this year, we're going to be doing this big project where we kind of take everything we've learned. So, you know, that digital citizenship of um, finding credible source, sources online or, um, you know, collaborating with each other. We tie all that together in this energy unit that we're going to be doing. Um, and we will be researching our energy sources they're going to create a newscast where they get to edit video in we video wow. um, yes we're i'm excited they're excited too they know about it but we have we have <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> gonna work it out, work towards that yeah um, we we're, we're learning how to use tinkercad because we're going to do a 3d wow. printing project soon that's hard so now we, i've had my master's students use tinkercad a couple years ago and i have probably, I've taught research classes and I've never had more complaints than when I <laughs> taught Tinkercad. So if you got fourth graders doing it, man, I wish I was t- teaching that again because I'd be like, well, fourth graders can do it. It's not hard. That's right. <laughs> well, start slow, but yeah. they, they create great stuff. Last yep. year they did it and they they made amazing end products. Mm-hmm. So. They're definitely capable. And you can, I mean, I used to teach middle school, and whenever we would have technology incorporated in that lesson, you would just see that spark of creativity just really ignite, and students were so much more motivated and so much more excited, and it really did change the dynamic in the classroom when technology is being used. Yes, definitely. They, even in just writing, so the other day we used audio to kind of brainstorm our um, like the sounds and the senses we experienced in nature and they use that audio to write their personal narrative about a time in nature and the difference from this project last year this writing project last year to this year just from using that audio was major I'm having students that are meeting or exceeding the standards who are usually approaching the standards wow. in writing. So I That's feel like really just cool. that one little piece changed the way this writing project turned out. That's amazing. So, and, and then too, you've been, um, within your bio, you were saying that you also use Flip Flipgrid. Can you can you tell, tell the audience what that is um, and how you use it? 
Absolutely. Flipgrid is amazing. In fact, it's an online meeting place, basically, where you can have discussions. Um, and the students record short videos based on a topic that their teacher gives them. So you can decide any topic for your choosing. But what we use it for um, is for, for multiple things. One thing we use it for weekly is um, our our reading responses. So they read at home and instead of having them you know, just fill out a reading log, they tell me what they were reading and what they enjoyed about their book or I might give them a different kind of topic where I want them to tell me about a character in their book. And they, they share these each week and then the students reply to each other and they, you know, they get excited about reading different books through that. Um, another way we used it, we participated in the Global Read Aloud and we connected to a class in Wisconsin, and oh. we connect. Uh, yeah, we talked back and forth. I'm with from each Wisconsin, other. so that's why the oh, wide my. eyes happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we connected with that class, and they discussed this book together. And that wouldn't have been possible without Flipgrid or the use of technology. Um, and they've also, you know, they've added a lot of new features. So they have a whiteboard now, and how it's explaining students would teach each other in seesaw. I'm looking into using Flipgrid and having them, you know, maybe we'll oh. have a math topic or a math grid and a language arts grid, and they can mm. teach each other through these grids. What um, actual technology tools, as far as like hardware, do you have in your classroom available to you? I have a teacher Chromebook that turns into a tablet that I use to nice. um, cast uh -huh. <laughs> to my class. So what casting is, I'm. I'm able to walk around and have my computer show on the projector. Mm -hmm. So on this computer that turns into a tablet, I can use a digital whiteboard. I can show them any of the videos that I want to show them, um, slideshows. So it, it makes me a lot more mobile. My students have a full set of Chromebooks, so they each use their own. They don't take them home, but they do have their own for the classroom. Um, we also have some desktop computers, but we don't actually don't use those anymore. We mm -hmm. stick with our Chromebooks. Um, that's it. Except, oh, we also have our 3D printer, but that's yeah. you know, school-wide. Right. Um, but the software for that is on our Chromebooks as well. Um, getting back to what you were talking about with with regards to to the to Flipgrid, um, it looks like you're you're connecting with many schools. Um, can you? Yeah. Can you share with us um, how how these connections come about? Um, what what you do, and and if there's teachers interested out there, how they could connect with you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, social media, as you know, is taking off, and I meet these teachers that are interested in. Um, Facebook, so I joined a Facebook group for the Global Read Aloud, and that's where I made all those connections. So beyond the class in Wisconsin, there were other teachers um, interested in just, you know, maybe doing a quick Skype or a Google Hangout where we met face-to-face -face via um, video chat. Um, we I've used Twitter to reach out to other educators and connect. Um, same with you know you can use Instagram so social media what are your I'm, what are your social media platforms that people could reach out to you at if you wanted to share those um, Twitter definitely and my Twitter handle would be mrs. flurry uh, poi sorry underscore poi which is POI and that's my school um, 
I would be happy to talk Great. with anyone who wants to reach out about technology or tools that they could use in their class. Um, and then I also have an Instagram account, and that's this, under the same username, Mrs. Flurry underscore Poi. Great. That's good. We like to share those yeah. with, with our listeners, and we'd like to tag you in them when we share them as well. So Yeah, and then... And then oh, and then if you if you know of, of teachers that, that may be interested in, in being part of this podcast too, let me know or let us know. Okay, definitely, I will. Yeah. Do you allow student voice and choice in their projects when you're creating these things? Or uh, do you have the projects already somewhat created with their end goal in mind? Some projects I do have already created. A lot mm-hmm. of the time I do that when I'm first teaching them a new project. So something we use is Adobe Spark. The first time I teach them, I kind of give them guidelines. But once I've taught them the technology that they could use, I give them choice. So um, mostly second semester, we any project we do, so the um, the project I was explaining about where we research our energy sources, they need to create presentations beyond the newscast. They can choose how they want to present. So they can choose Google Slides, they can choose Adobe Spark, they can make a video and share it, or they can even perform it live in class or make a poster. So anything that you know they choose to do and um, something that meets the way that they learn, you know, because everyone has a different learning style and I want them to have the choice to to show me their learning in a way that they feel comfortable with and yeah. confident. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, we teach teachers, so we're always encouraging our students to provide differentiation and a way for students to demonstrate their learning in multiple different ways. But sometimes you find that students will always want to make a video or will always right. want to draw a picture or whatever it is. Yeah. How do you manage that and try to get them to still challenge themselves and try new things um, while still allowing them to have the choice? What I do for situations like that, I pre- I uh, give them a choice board. So we'll have the different choices on the board. And I'll tell them, you know, this is what you used for the last project, but you have to choose something else oh, on good. this board for mm-hmm. your next project. So I... I do that at least three times. They need to choose three different like ways to show me their learning, mm-hmm. and then they can go back to one that they've already used. Oh, that's good. Uh, I want to go back to how you mentioned how you you're, you were approached as a tech coach for your school. So you have your own yeah. classroom of students, fourth graders, and you're also a tech coach. <laughs> what does that look like? Like, how do you, how, what what's your time commitment to both? Well, you know, I'm always a teacher first, but um, it's funny because my my students know that I'm a tech coach, and there are times where I'll get a call, and if I'm able to, I will take it, and they know. They say, oh, was that a teacher asking about technology? (laughs) And I'll say, yeah, you know, they need a little bit of help. Um, But, you know, a lot of it is. It's a phone call when I'm in class, and I'm just trying to help them troubleshoot something really quick. Or um, every Tuesday, I offer at least an hour of my time to meet with teachers. But to be honest, I meet with them anytime they need me. Right. So it, it's, a, it's a big time commitment, but I 
I really have a passion yeah. for sharing technology with other teachers, and I'm happy to meet with them and help them so that they can do the amazing things that technology offers to other students, you know? Yeah. Technology provides these opportunities that they may not have had otherwise. What do you think is the biggest barrier to teachers using technology in their classrooms? You know, I think it's the ability to troubleshoot. I really do. They, it's for some teachers who haven't had a lot of experience with technology, it's very foreign to them. Mm -hmm. So when something doesn't go as planned, they can become frustrated and just kind of give up on the whatever it was that yeah. they were using. So being able to persevere mm -hmm. <laughs> and troubleshoot that problem is probably the biggest barrier. Yeah, I find that too. And, you know, I got my uh, doctorate in learning technologies, so I consider myself pretty good at it. And I like to make jokes about myself when I'm in front of my students and it doesn't work out. <laughs> and I say things like, I don't know anything about technology, but they all know that I do know a lot, but it's, it's true. Right. It's like, even for tech experts, it fails and you have to troubleshoot and you just have to be comfortable with the uncomfort. <laughs> I agree. That's something I tell my students all the time, actually. Um, you know, I'm actually a pretty shy person, even doing this podcast, you know, before the bed butterflies the entire time. Um, but I tell them that something that I've learned is that you're not going to truly grow unless you step out of your comfort zone. So I tell them, you know, I have this circle. This yeah. is my comfort zone, but I need to step out of it to really learn something new and to grow as a professional or as a person. Um, so sometimes we'll talk about that if I have a student who's worried about speaking in front of the class. We talk about their circle and about what we could do to get them out of that circle and then how that expands their circle. That's um, wonderful. Bigger. Now, one of the things which, I've, which I'm drawn to is your, is your passion. I mean, not 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 just for not just for education, not just for tech, but but for your but for your colleagues and 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 also your your own kids. Um, how has your philosophy of of education, philosophy of teaching, how, how has that changed throughout the years? You know, I believe in being a lifelong learner, so. I, I've always wanted to teach to the whole child, right? I care about their social-emotional health, and I care about their different learning styles. Um, but as I learn new methods and new I don't know, theories, I guess, that help my students, I try to incorporate that and grow as an educator to, to help my students. And I'll tell them... I also believe in being very open, as you can see, I, keep on saying, I tell them, because I, I want them to know that, you know, I'm going to try something new, and I want your feedback off of this, yeah. so I guess how it's changed is that I've, I've become very open with my students, and instead of feeling like I had to be the one that knew everything, I'm the one that is learning along with them, and I'm facilitating their learning rather than being the person who knows everything and telling mm -hmm. them, yeah. you know, what they need to know. They they are helping me find out the answers, and we think of questions together, and then they find the answer. So it's not, I feel like at the beginning, maybe I was telling them more than letting them find out. 
Yeah, and I think that once you make that mind shift or once you accept that you're learning along with them, teaching just becomes so much easier and there's so much less stress along the way. And one thing I like to do with my students is to just narrate my thinking. Like you just said, I'm going to try this new thing. I'm not sure if it's going to work. You might hate it if you hate it. Like I'll never do it again, but I think it might be fun. And yes. and usually they're really like kind about it and they usually enjoy the process. And, you know, like you said, if you're not out of your comfort zone, you're not going to learn. So I try to model that for my students. And it sounds like you do, too. Yes, I do. I do a lot, and I also try to model when I make mistakes, because mm -hmm. that's another big thing in my classroom. I tell them, I know you're trying when you're making mistakes. Mm -hmm. So anytime I make a mistake, I point it out, and I say, oh, man, you guys, <laughs> I did something wrong. Can you figure it out? And they'll figure it out. I say, but did I learn from that? Yeah. yeah. You know, they always say, oh, yes, you did, Mrs. Flurry. And, you know, they, it's, they're excited to be there with me to be learning with me and to um you know to realize that everyone's human everyone makes mistakes and in this classroom that's okay yeah and I feel like I have more participation because of that yeah yeah failing forward is what I I like to say because that's how you learn you learn so much more from the failures and we think so negatively about failure but really it's it's a positive thing it's a good thing and I think because we w usually historically have weighed so heavily on the grade that failing is scary because we don't want our grade to reflect that. But right. I think that if you develop this philosophy and this culture in your classroom as you have of it's a place of learning and you're, it's okay to fail and make mistakes, that it doesn't become so scary. I agree. Yeah. So we uh, like to end our podcast with asking our guests what their call to action is or what the nugget uh, that you like to leave with our listeners and our listeners are future teachers or current teachers and so what would you say is your call to action for these listeners um, I guess it would be to you know try something new so try the whatever type of technology or um, teaching method that you thought was exciting but you were worried about how it would affect your students or their learning just try it and step out of your comfort zone for a minute so that you can grow yeah I love that so basically do the thing that we're asking our students to do <laughs> yeah. exactly. Exactly. great well yeah. is there anything last that you want to share with us any great projects or Anything you want our listeners to know? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I guess I did, we didn't talk about this. So something I would like them to know, you know, collaboration oh, with your colleagues yes. yeah. is so important. Um, and we were talking about my passion in tech, but I'm also lucky to work with a close team of other tech coaches and the Tech Tosa who, you know, we work together to create great lessons and great ideas. And sometimes they fail, but then we revamp them and we, mm -hmm. together, we make these amazing learning experiences for our students, so. So you have a really great faculty and team to work with. 
Yeah. I do. That's yeah. good. I heard someone say recently that there's no such thing as a dream job. It's really the dream team. And it's yeah. it's really the people that you work with that make your job the dream job. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, when you are working together and reaching out to others, you know, you're just uh, two minds are better than one. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's yeah. why we do this together. Yeah, we can't we can't do this alone. It's not gonna not gonna happen. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing all of your things that you're doing with your students and thank for you, all Kelly. of your work with your students and um, and your time and we look forward to hearing from you again and seeing all the great things that you're up to. Well thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Bye Kelly. Bye. Bye. Again, if you would like to follow Callie Fleury on Twitter and Instagram, it is Mrs. Fleury, spelled F-L-U-E-R-Y, underscore poi, P-O-I. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like to follow us, we're on all of the socials at edX Global. We are also looking for future guests for our podcast, as well as writers for the Carrero Journal. Reach out to us. Let us know.